Welcome to the Five C's Podcast. I'm your host, Charlene Norman, and today is our second in a four-part series about a topic called Business as Usual. If you haven't listened to the first episode, that link is in the show notes. Today, I have a real treat. My guest is Michael Solomon, and he is intimately involved with helping companies step away from their business as usual processes and into a different paradigm that simultaneously serves the planet, people, and profit. Now, it has taken him more than two decades to get to this point. He began working with a model that he called Profit with Ethics and operated at the edges of Corporate Responsibility and ESG. ESG is the acronym for the Environment, Social, and Governance. But unfortunately, these days, ESG has mostly become a matter of checking boxes and putting a positive spin on some pretty negative behaviors. So nearly 10 years ago, Michael saw through the corporate responsibility and the ESG hocus pocus and decided to up-level his practice and create Responsible 100. So let me speak in shorthand. Responsible 100 aims to help companies transform the way they do business by entering what he calls the race to the top. Now, the race to the top means doing business responsibly is the new normal and essential to doing business competitively. And if you think this sounds far too good to be true, then you'll want to check out all of Michael's links in the show notes because he has had some pretty solid success inside companies and made some CEOs pretty darn happy and pretty profitable too. So to begin this series with Michael, I asked him to define what business as usual really means inside an organization. And that is where we start. Business as usual is a bit like the sort of polycrisis or the metacrisis. For us, it's this combination of problems which add up to the way the world works. Um, we have a, a, an economic system, a market system, and a political system that are supporting each other in this terrible race to the bottom, where all businesses, you know, this is essentially the nut of the problem. Here. All businesses have to make money. Uh, if you don't make money, you can't pay the bills, you can't pay your staff, you can't buy pay for your raw materials, you can't deliver products and services at the right price and quality. And so you have to play by those rules. Uh, and I think where um, the opportunity lies is experimenting at the edges of that and thinking about how we can do responsibility in such a way that it drives commercial success and it drives financial success. So that's what we mean by a race to the top. Um, and the, the name of the uh, business uh, that runs Responsible 100 it's called Profit Through Ethics because after seven years working in the space, we, we had encountered so many times businesses saying, yeah, we're responsible. We do a CSR report. Back in the day, it used to be an SRI report, socially responsible investment. Now we hear about ESG and, and, and the sort of prominence of the acronyms. It's ESG at the moment. And that's now <laughs> dividing the world in, in America in particular. You know, that's woke and anti-capitalism. You know, this is kind of part of business as usual is this fight, this uh, this battle of beliefs and ideologies. And unfortunately, shareholder supremacy, the, the idea that the, the market will decide, will re reward good business, good risk-taking, good innovation, 
and, and poor businesses with poor products and services and poor governance, etc., will fail. And all we need to do is trust the market. It was a, that was a kind of a, a poor idea in lots of ways, an interesting idea, but it's become a dogma and a doctrine. Uh, and it's become an article of faith. And it's threatening to the powers that be. Business as usual is, I could describe it in terms of the incredible concentration of wealth and power that concentrates all the time where the people at the top are like, everything's working just fine. <laughs> Look how rich and powerful I am. What do you mean I'm doing this wrong? Oh, uh, you know, climate change, yeah, maybe it's man-made, but, you know, technology will fix that, etc. This battle of ideas is um, part of the business as usual problem. I spoke about the media being bought up by billionaires <laughs> and the media continuing to pour doubt on climate change as a mad, man-made phenomenon. It's incredible that you have 99% of the world's scientists say, yes, it's a huge problem. Yes, it's a man-made problem. Yes, fossil fuels are largely to blame. Business as usual is where you can be a huge fossil fuel company and make more money than you've ever made. <laughs> and therefore, tell uh, your shareholders and the rest of the world that you're going to double down on the future of fossil fuels. You're going to invest more and more. You know, the, the oil majors were talking about their net zero strategies as far off date of 2050, ridiculous as they were two or three years ago, at least that that's what they were talking about. And now they're like, uh, Exxon is trying to buy up this huge um, shale gas um, uh, tar sands uh, uh, competitor um, to diversify its fossil fuels. Um, and it's sort of more brazenly saying, um, yeah, you know, we're about energy, we're about um, energy security. And part of the business as usual problem is that there are so many people that are invested in that game, making a ton of money in that game, gathering a huge amount of power and influence in that game who are like, yeah, this is, this is, this is the game. This is right. This is how the world works. This is how the market works. I've made a ton of money. I'm right. I deserve this. This is the right thing to be doing. There are, you know, people slowing down the traffic in the UK, just off oil, taking these young, young people that mostly are taking these incredible risks by gluing themselves to buildings and walking into the roads and blocking the traffic and uh, disrupting sport events and, 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 and have doing protests at, uh, in our national museums and all the rest of it. For the fossil fuel, for the business as usual, it's interest. These are sort of crazy hippies that don't have any real appreciation of the, the way the world works and are naive and stupid. And, you know, how did you, uh, you know, you're wearing a T-shirt. What do you think that's made of? Where did that come from? You're part of the problem. You've got a phone that's got plastic and, and rare earth metals in it. Uh, what do you mean that, uh, you know, you, you, you've got an issue with the way the world works and the way the, the economy the economy works. So I think business as usual is, is this combination of these problems. The only way to overcome it is to um, start a, a, a different uh, game, uh, start a, a different market, a different way of doing business. And that's one where we say, I am going to deliver products and services at the right price and quality because we're a business and that's what we've got to do. And we're passionate about our products and service and our sector and the potential with it and our relationships with our stakeholders, etc. Good business is, is something that inspires me and delights me. And I want to create a good business, and I'm sure you do and you have. Um, and you understand that, you know, you can use your smarts. You can be a business. You can be innovative. You can be take good risks. You can 
create products and services people didn't know that they needed and, and, and make their lives better. And you can, if you're incredibly smart, do that without adding to uh, detrimental impact to, to, to nature. You can do that without fracturing society, <laughs> making some people better off while making some people worse off. And that is for us the solution to business as usual. The solution to business as usual is competing in a race to the top. Business as usual is the problem. The race to the top is the solution. We would compete with other businesses based on price and quality as we have to do now and as we have always done. But we'll compete also on the basis of how much more positively we can impact people and planet in the course being a business and doing our business and delivering our products and service. How much more positively we can impact people and planet and how much less negatively we can impact people and planet. But we compete on price and quality and our net positive impact on the world. And if we can coordinate that and recognize that, and that those are the businesses that are competing on those terms, for those of us who are consumers or employees or investors who want to create and um, be part of a better world, then those are the businesses that we should seek out and support. Those are the businesses that we should buy from and work for and invest in. And we should do that at the expense of those that say, I'm not sure that climate change is man-made. I think it's crazy not to invest in fossil fuels for the next sort of 50 years. And burn, baby, burn. This this sort of Trumpian, let everything, just destroy nature, sort of machoism is absolutely absurd, perplexing, disgusting, bizarre. And uh, my colleague uh, Rupert Reid at the Climate Majority Project says, you know, this sort of mainstream rump, uh, and he's talking and working in the UK in particular, where we know in our hearts that we've got a big problem with our system, and we know in our hearts a better world is possible. We will take the opportunities that present themselves. We will coordinate. We will take agency and empowerment by making good choices and supporting good causes, and that includes identifying those businesses that are seeking to compete in the race to the top and identifying the businesses that do not want to compete in the race to the top and moving our patronage as employees, as uh, consumers, as investors from business as usual companies to race to the top companies. So so there, there, there are a couple of benefits, a number of numerous benefits for the, for the business. But And this is really what Responsible 100 is, is, is set up to do. This is what we've been working at for 22, 23 years. And we've worked with hundreds and hundreds of businesses, large and small, and, and lots of NGOs and campaign groups as well. And we, we can see how it's so easy to be pulled into business as usual, pulled into performative CSR, performative ESG, ticking boxes, working out the bare minimum you can get away with in terms of responsibility, Diverting attention from a business model that is fundamentally unsustainable in many cases. We know it's difficult if the system is, if the game is how much money can you make quarter to quarter and year to year, it's very difficult not to do ESG and CSR, et cetera, in those ways. So we're saying here is the alternative. You do it for real. You understand that you have to differentiate as a good choice for the people that want to support you, want to believe that businesses can make the world a better place. And you find a way to prove 
that you're doing everything you can. You find a means to do everything you can, and then you find the means to prove uh, that that you're doing that and communicate that and show that and demonstrate that. That's what we're um, organised to do, is to help businesses to look at a whole range of important issues and work out which are the greatest priorities for them, given their size and sector and geography, etc., circumstances, uh, and work out which uh, how they perform on those issues and, there, and then work out what it will take to improve their performance on all those issues. And, and what's the logical sequence in which to tackle, undertake the improvement of policy and practice? Um, should we tackle living wage issues? Should we, should we invest more on product and service information? Should we do some more charitable giving? Should we do some more in terms of causes and campaigns? Shall we commit ourselves in terms of biodiversity? There, there are a number of different critical things that we look at. But for any given business that we work with, we're saying there are two or three or four or five maybe at a stretch that you can work on at any given time. Any more than that, you're just going to topple over and you won't get your products and service out the door. But if you're serious about this stuff, do it in a logical or uh, sequence. We have got this uh, series of supported steps where we'll help you work out how important all these different things are to you, how well you currently perform on those issues, and where the opportunities for the greatest increased negative impact is in terms of improvement. There may be a really critical issue for you, your business, your sector, and your performance is poor, and you want to get to okay or good or excellent. And that's one of the things that we do. All these different issues, we work with the NGOs and the campaign groups and other experts to say, <clears throat> on customer complaints and redress, what is poor practice? What is okay practice? What is good practice? And what is excellent practice? Um, and we constantly are updating the poor, okay, good, and excellent of all these different issues. So we help businesses to see uh, which ones to tackle in which order, in the, which is the most logical and coherent from a purely financial point of view, but is also uh, conducive to being on the front foot and to reducing risk and to increasing opportunity and to building the sort of culture in your organization that's going to make you as uh, successful as you possibly can be in terms of the uh, involvement, the commitment, the buy-in from your from your workforce. This is a sort of fundamentally different way of doing things than here's the latest sort of CSR directive, here is the things we've got to do. There are rules and regulations that, that uh, force uh, larger businesses to do certain things. We are saying this is the way to improve your business. This is the way to be more innovative, to take, to un- identify opportunities, to take informed risks, to improve your overall performance as a business while performing, increasing your performance on these incredibly important social, environmental, and ethical issues. Uh, we can help you identify those opportunities. And sometimes being good or excellent is actually, it's not risky, it's not time consuming, it's not uh, costly. It's low-hanging fruit. You can do. You can make those changes sooner than you thought. So we're, we're helping businesses that are up for going through these steps. They let go of the idea that they're somehow perfect. You're a business. You can't be perfect. <laughs> you, this 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 game where we have to get the product and service out the door at the right price and quality prevents you from being perfect. All businesses are making trade-offs all the time. Just going to suggest there are good trade-offs and a good approach to making trade-offs and it's about identifying where you can increase your positive impacts on people and planet 
and decrease your negative impacts on people and planet. So <clears throat> this is a this is our idea of race to the top. My products and services better because we have this approach to doing business. Uh, we're improving our culture, we're involving our people in our policies and practices on a whole range of social, environmental, and ethical issues. And so many of our workforce appreciate that and get value from that and feel good about themselves and their job and their work and their company because of that. So we're improving our business in that way. And we're identifying opportunities and innovations that we wouldn't otherwise do. So <clears throat> we, we want businesses to sort of practice responsibility as a skill. Those are some pretty cool ways to change business as usual to business in the new normal. I personally love the phrase race to the top. It's no longer about competing against the other guy. It's about being the best that the company can be and that the humans that run that company can be. Changing our perspective, changing our thinking, and then changing the way we operate, it's never been easy. And I totally get that. However, very few of us are benefiting today from the old ways that we all seem so cemented into. Every single one of us is living with the unintended consequences of actions that we've all taken over the last 200 years. If we could, I know that we'd ask for a do-over, but that's a fantasy. The only thing we can do now is to ask for a do-better. And if we're going to make a positive impact on this place that we call home, planet Earth, that do better must be in the highest good for all.